to our number two of the Coles Brown Show exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. As you can see, I'm joined by two, two tremendous talents of the business, one being James Verrett of Swag Digital Network and a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And joining me also is Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Good morning to you guys. Uh, it's great having you on. And I'll tell you what, it was great seeing you guys in Birmingham. James, you, you still look like you are into weightlifting and training and all that good stuff. But uh, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you. Good morning to Charles. I don't lift weights as much. I lift babies. So when you got three that. kids under the age of seven, uh, oh you my goodness. do a lot of lifting. Yeah, you can handle it, though. You can handle it. <laughs> you are the man. Charles, looking dapper. It was great seeing you in Birmingham as well. Yeah, it was great seeing you, James Barrett, and all of our cohorts and colleagues uh, from around the SWAC. Uh, it, it, it's been a long time, and uh, I was good to see everybody and is looking forward to getting the season underway in about six weeks. And speaking of that, gentlemen, uh, your overall impressions of the 2021 SWAC football media day. James, I guess I'll go to you first. Uh, well, we did not have a street fight. I was expecting some gamesmanship. <laughs> I was uh, a little bit upset at Alabama A&M. I thought they would come in in uh, wrestling robes and with a championship belt. They didn't do it. It was pretty low-key. Overall, the conference did a great job of uh, putting this on. It was well put together, uh, well organized. It did run relatively like a well-oiled machine, got in and out on time. So I, I think that it was a, a success. Charles? Very impressed with the setup. I was concerned about the setup because I, I had a feeling that there would be a lot of media members present. Uh, the commissioner mentioned there was only two, over 200 media requests for media day, so I kind of figured that. But they had it separated. You had Radio Row, you had Broadcast Row, and then you had the main ballroom where ESPN was setting up. And I thought overall, you know, uh, shuffling the coaches to the different stations and to the different broadcast entities, I thought they did a great job. And so I was very impressed with uh, what I saw in the organization. I thought maybe we, if things were tight, we could be looking at a two-day event maybe in the future. And the commissioner said all options are on the table. But I was satisfied with what I saw on Tuesday, and, and I hope that continues in that fashion going forward. You mentioned two-day two day event. Um, I consider myself flexible. I could go for that. But I also thought – Overall, the one-day event was, was great, and organization, the, the spirit, everything was great. But you would, you would favor maybe, guys, a, a two-day event or, or, or to keep it as is, a one-day event? I think keep it as is, as a one-day event. You have to remember that a lot of members of the media have to cover a lot of different things right now. So they have to go to uh, one conference uh, media meeting, another conference media meeting. So you always want to make sure that you are able to be inclusive to include as many people as possible. If you break it down to two days, some people may have to make a choice. And right now, they don't have to choose between one conference or the other. They can make sure they can go to the SWAC and also get all the other uh, leagues that they need to cover. Charles, I kind of sense that you 
could go for the for the two day event. I could, uh, and, and only because of what I thought would be a great uh, meet, uh, even a bigger media turnout. Um, and because you have so many factions that want to get to so many of these coaches, there's just only so much time to do day. So you're talking about 12 coaches, 12 teams, 12 group of players. You break it up into two days. You got six teams, six groups of players, and I think you can get it all in. But to James Barrett's point, and James Barrett's works in television, you know, all these things go budgetarily. It, 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 it may not make sense, and you don't want to make media outlets choose between the SWAC and the SEC. It just so happens that the SEC media day was right up the road, but that's not going to be the case going forward. They're going to be bouncing it around their cities that are going to bid for the SEC. So then, to his point, you're going to have to choose. So you don't want that option to, to happen. So yeah, I thought maybe two days would be a good, a good thing just because of the amount of media coverage and the amount of media folks that were there. But the way they had it set up with three rooms and, and the setups, if you Maybe if there's one change, I would say if you started a little earlier, I know we started right at 10 o'clock. Maybe if you started at nine or a little earlier, then I think you can get it all in in a reasonable time where the TV people can make their, do their stories and get everything in. And I think you can be in and out. Yeah, I'm, I'm for keeping it as is, but tweaking maybe a few few things. And if you don't need to tweak anything, then it, again, it was just a great setup. Um, now I want to get into the predicted order of finish, but but how I want to do this, guys, is how did you rank the teams? We know how the official rankings came out, but um, how did how did you have the teams ranked? Was it per se the same as the official rankings, or you would have or you had it just a little bit differently? A different Charles in the East. Who do you have coming out? Uh, in, in the East, I've made this known for a while. I have Alcorn coming out of the West, and I have Florida A&M coming out of the East. Uh, I, I think Willie Simmons in that offense is going to be dynamic, and uh, he knows about swag off the swag defense is because he was offensive coordinator at Alcorn Prairie View, and now FAMU is now a member of the conference. So I had FAMU, and I had Alcorn. Um, I, obviously, you know, you got Alabama A&M. You know, they, they got all the pieces back. Akil Glass says, let's run it back. You got Ibrahim coming back, and so that that's a, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal there. Uh, obviously, in in the West, I I honestly thought that uh, they would have UAPB repeating, uh, but they obviously the voters saw that there was a lot of pieces lost and some coaches lost as well. The OC at Pine Bluffs now in Mississippi Valley, so I think they saw that a lot was lost, and to drop them as low as they as they turned out to be predicted to finish, I was kind of surprised there. Mr. Barrett? <clears throat> well, my order of finish in the East, mm -hmm. I have uh, Alabama A&M, followed by, surprisingly, Bethune-Cookman, then mm -hmm. Jackson State, then Florida A&M and Mississippi Valley. Here's why. For nine straight years, Bethune-Cookman has defeated Florida A&M. So I think the Wildcats are too afraid to lose to the Rattlers. You don't want to be the first class to lose to a team that you've dominated for nine consecutive years. And plus, Bethune-Cookman doesn't necessarily have one thing that they hang their hat on. They just play hard-nosed football, 
and they figure out a way to win. Uh, Alabama A&M should be the number one team in the East uh, because they won the title. They've got a lot of pieces coming back. And when you look at it statistically, they were the best offensive and defensive team when it comes to scoring. Now, the question is, are people going to take the Bulldogs seriously? And if they do, then they'll get their best effort. They'll get the best effort out of the teams that they play. But if you're still thinking, oh, we're just going to Sleepy Huntsville to play, you may get your head bashed in. Now, in the West, you it, seem to it make it be, difficult. <laughs> Is it difficult? <laughs> well, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some teams may get hurt seriously, okay? Alcorn State is on a mission. And all of the uh, obstacles that were put in their way in the spring basically just added more fuel to their fire that's already red hot. So I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing scores 30, 40, 50 to nothing. So I have them number one, Pine Bluff number two, because I think people still aren't taking them seriously. Southern number three, Grambling number four, Prairie View five, Texas Southern six. Now, here's the deal. In the West, it may go down to the last two minutes of each game to decide who will be first and who will be second to last. I think Texas Southern may be the team that's really still in a rebuilding mode. But when you look at Pine Bluff, Prairie View, Grambling, Southern, Alcorn, it is a very, very fine line. Prairie View A&M, if they turn the switch on and they can figure it out and crack the code on how to slow people down just a little bit, they can be a team to beat. If Pine Bluff can just continue what they did last year, they can be the team to beat. But Alcorn should be a team with their hair on fire because they feel it's like a boxer. They were stripped of a title. The title wasn't taken away from them. I want to push back a little bit. You said that Alcorn had a lot of obstacles put in, in front of them. Explain that. I, I, well, I, well, the fact, number one, they didn't play in the spring. The fact that you do have a transfer portal, they lost some guys out of the transfer portal. I know they Thank were able you. to gain some. Yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, they did not retain their title. So you did have a spring season in which they crowned the champion. Now they're also moving from the east to the west, where in the west, they've lost the Grambling three times. So it's not like it's going to be a cakewalk because some of the obstacles that they faced during their dominance, they're going to have to face that and defeat that in order to put themselves in a position to win a championship. So that's what I'm talking about as far as obstacles. Okay. Cause um, yeah, not playing in the spring. Uh, basically that was, and it was some internal issues. That was their mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and when I talked to uh, coach McNair uh, before that, that Monday in the lobby, he basically said, and, 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 and you know, I asked him about moving to the West. He said, basically, we play ground in Southern Prairie View every year anyway. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. yeah, they he seems to be, and the players seem very confident of uh, doing well in the Western Division. And of course, as you saw at Swag Media Day, a couple of the players said, "Hey, 
they just borrowed something that is ours. And that's that's that championship. So it, it is going to be interesting. James, I don't believe you can have an off week, when, especially when you get in conference play. Two losses, you could be out. It's, it's going to be worse than just an off week. You can't have an off quarter. If you have an off gotcha. quarter, you can't have they're going to take advantage of it if you have and abuse you. Any of those teams in the West that can do that. Yeah. It, it is, I mean, you, you can't really wait to uh, this conference season, this football season uh, uh, starts. Now, let me, let me, let me move on. Well, let, let, let me go back to uh, uh, Charles. Did, did, did we finish up? With you talking about uh, the East and West predictions, can you hear me, Charles? Uh, yes, I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I thought that they, yes, yes, I can hear you. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Can Can you hear me? Yeah. Can hear you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was good with the predictions. I thought yeah. UAPB. UAPB finishing where, where they finished, I was kind of surprised, but they obviously saw all the defections and, and, and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be uncertainty because we haven't played in two years. So it's Florida a and I think there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. So I think that's some, one of the things you got to look at. Now I'll move on to guys. You know, we, we're going to ask this question to you and previous guests and Guess coming after you, sleeper team. Who do you see as a team that can really come up and surprise uh, everyone in the conference? I think the uh, sleeper team is Arkansas Pine Bluff. They have the second easiest schedule in the conference. And what I mean by that, they're not playing anybody that is of an F- FBS level. Uh, I think Alabama and m may have the easiest schedule uh, in the conference. But uh, I think that Arkansas Pine Bluff people still are not giving them the respect that they deserve. And folks are still, you know, looking at the bright lights, which is Florida and m uh, playing, uh, you know, the revamped Jackson State. And I think that Pine Bluff has a chance to slide in there and survive the bloodbath, which will be the Swack West. I can use that term, blood, <laughs> blood bath. Charles, bath. Charles, Charles, can you hear me? Um, my, my sleeper team, I think, is going to be Alabama State. Uh, Charles, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, I, I think we're can we're getting. Can you hear me? Feedback on you. Yeah, we can hear you, Charles. Yeah, I, I think we're getting feedback on you. Yeah, we can hear you, Charles. Okay, my, uh, my my sleeper team is Alabama State. Okay. I, I think Alabama State's my sleeper team. I mean, they, they, it's going to be tough, though. I mean, they've got a lot of in-state games. They've got, uh, they've got Tuskegee. They've got Miles in-state. Uh, they got to go to Jackson State. But I think what they did last year, and talking with Dr. Dr. Ely at Media Day, I think they are going to be in a position where they can, they can upset some people. They can make it a tough day. And if you look at their schedule on the back end of it, you know, they've got Valley and they've got Texas Southern at home at the end. So if they can get off to a fast start, they have a favorable schedule on the back end. I think they're going to sneak up on some people. 
I'm visiting with Charles Edmond of the All Corn State Radio Network and James Verrett. Swag Digital Network. Uh, guys, now I want to move on. The, the big story that came out, one of the big stories that came out, and I think you both gentlemen know a little bit about it. Uh, the Coach Sanders and the Clarence Ledger reporter. And James, you were, your clip was on a national show. Uh, Donald Ware's box the row. And of course, Charles, Coach Sanders came and visited with you right after this incident happened. With that being said, kind of want to get your got get you guys' original thoughts or thoughts on what uh, took place with Coach Sanders and the Clarence Ledger reporter. James? Well, you know, I'm not uh, fully abreast of the history between those two. Uh, but I do know that uh, during his opening press conference and during the time before he coached his first game, he wanted to be addressed as Coach Prime. So I tried to do my best to call him Coach Prime, Coach, or Coach Sanders. Uh, and he made it very plain, don't call me Dion. And as, you know, everyone across the world has seen, uh, some drama unfolded. Now, before that, he was very uh, nice and answered all the questions that the members of the media presented during the virtual interviews. Uh, and then we got to that situation and the deal was, he said, Hey, I like this guy. You can, you know, I'll answer his question. And then things sort of fell apart. Um, some people say, you know, was it a little harsh? Yes. But sometimes, you know, when you have a guy who is following a beat and covering a particular team, sometimes you get to those edges and you're pushing the envelope and that's when people get upset. And sometimes they'll calm down and they'll be best of friends as the season goes along. But obviously uh, it was a touch point and, you know, drama, you know, unfolded. And I'm just happy that uh, cooler heads prevailed and he continued on with uh, the media day. And James, it was reported that he walked out, but technically he didn't walk out. No, he, it was the last question. Charles Edmonds and visited with Charles Edmonds. Right. Well, you know, you got to realize that they have a lot of uh, conferences. The virtual interviews are the only opportunity members of the media have to interact with the coaches. So from that respect, a lot of mid-major, smaller yeah. conferences are doing that. Yeah. It appeared as if he so walked out that, on the interview. They didn't realize that they had other uh, venues where they could get access to the coach. They didn't realize that they had other Also, the coach wanted to be addressed as Coach Sanders. Uh, um, and, and really, that's how I've addressed it. It's not about me. I've always said that's, that's a respect factor, Coach uh, well, all he's done has, you know, when, when the team, when his team is losing, no one will say, you know, go home Jackson State. They will be screaming his first name. No one will say, you know, go home Jackson State. Coach Sanders, it is. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with him because that's how I'm going to address him, Coach Sanders. Charles, you didn't know what had happened. And all you know that Coach Sanders shows up and he's ready to interview with you. And where did you where did you hear about it, or when did you hear about what had happened, and were you aware of it as you were interviewing Coach Sanders? And were you aware 
of it as you were interviewing Coach Charles, I had no idea what was going on. Um, to, to, Charles? I had no idea what was going on. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. okay. Uh, I had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah. As, as a matter you. as a matter of fact, I, in where in that slot where I was supposed to interview, where I interviewed Coach Sanders, obviously I was supposed to interview Broderick Fox, but he had a telephone call coming in, so he was on his cell phone. So I'm I'm killing time waiting for uh, Coach Fox to come over, and I'm watching him, and I'm just trying to kill time. And lo and behold, you got Coach Sanders sits down next to me. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously the coaching rotation in terms of who's talking to who got thrown off. So I'm, now Coach Sanders is sitting next to me. So now I have to pivot and, get, and talk to Coach Sanders. So I had no idea what was going on at the time. I didn't know what was going on before me. And I didn't know what was going on after our interview. I do know that he was, in, uh, he was on Radio Row on two separate occasions. He talked to me, and then apparently he left, and then he came back and talked to Centoria Black. So I, I didn't know what was going on until probably 8 o'clock Tuesday night, and that's when it blew up on social media. Folks were calling me like, what in the heck happened? Here's, here, and, and when I interviewed him, I said, well, now we're joined by Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders. And then that's when he brought up, well, I'm, I appreciate you calling me Coach Sanders, and he kind of went into what happened previously with the interview with, uh, with Nick Suss. I, and I didn't comment on it because I didn't know what he was talking about, to be honest with you. But then I find out later what, what happened. Uh, look, I don't have a problem with, with, with it. You know, people want to be called what they want to be called. I've been called a whole bunch of stuff. Tall man radio, tall man seven footer, whatever, whatever, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. But that's just me. I'm not Deion Sanders. So whatever he wants to be called, and I know some people don't want to call him Coach Prime. Me personally, I don't have an issue with it. I'll, if I want the interview, and it's my job to get interviews, if I want the interview, and James Barrett knows this being in television, if you want the interview, if you want to be called, if that person wants to be called a certain thing, if you want that interview, you you, you kind of have to do that. So I, I never had an issue with it. It's your job. It's your responsibility. And he, he was actually very, very good as far as the interview was concerned. I mean, he gave out a lot of good information. Um, he's really looking forward to the pageantry of the SWAC and all that stuff. You know, you look at the aesthetics of their program. They got a new equipment truck, new practice field, some other a new grass fields coming. So to get that information is good stuff. And does he have to talk to you? No. And I think for me, in stepping back, you know, he doesn't have to get used to us. When I say us being the media, we have to get used to him. If we want to talk to him, we don't have to, but for some, it's our jobs. So I don't have a problem with any of it. I just didn't know what was going on until probably nine o'clock that night when I pieced it all together. I'm like, what in the heck just happened today? And so, uh, um, hey, it's still drawing headlines. What, four days later, we're still talking about this stuff. And I think we're going to continue to talk about it four days from now. Wow. Well, guys, I, I'm going to move on from talking about it unless. Uh, you you have a, a closing comment on uh, Coach Sanders and, 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 and <laughs> Ledger's uh, reporters' clashes. How I put it down, but uh, I'll always be respectful. You know, if you know, I'm a member of the media, not a trained journalist, but I'm, I'm going to be respectful. 
and I'm going to address him as Coach Sanders. Um, even on this interview, I've said James Verrett, sometimes Mr. Verrett, Charles, Mr. Anthony. It, it's just ultimate respect. Now, speaking of respect, I kind of want to get your perspectives on what coaches and players kind of grab your attention. At, at 2021 Swag Football Media uh, Day. James, anybody in particular grabbed your attention, a coach, a player? Uh, Carnell Maynard and Fred McNair. Uh, I think if uh, those two teams meet in the uh, Swag Championship game, uh, they will need uh, some separation there. I think Carnell Maynard has a championship in hand, so his swag level is at 10. And for Coach McNair, I think eventually it will evolve into becoming the clubber lang of the season because, uh, as the players have said, they feel as if that championship is theirs and they're on a mission to go and get what is properly theirs. So you got two teams that uh, feel as if they need to either regain respect or gain respect. And I think that uh, they may be on a collision course, which will make for great television, a great game. But in the meantime, you're going to see two uh, dynamic teams and two dynamic coaches uh, letting people know that uh, the mission is not over until they, ho they hoist that trophy. Thomas? Talking to you, Charles. I think Charles has muted his mic. <laughs> I can can you hear me? Yeah. You muted your mic there. Okay, we can I can you hear, hear you. Now? Yeah. Okay. You uh, muted your mic. Uh yeah, I I see a button okay. that says I can hear you. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for me, uh, Coach Sims of Bethune-Cookman, first time I've had a chance to talk with him, very calm, confident. Of course, we know what Bethune has done to Florida A&M. You know, they played Mississippi Valley in the past. Uh, I, was really, I was really impressed with his confidence. Like, not a lot of people are talking about Bethune-Cookman, as some people were referring to Cookman, but uh, I, I was very impressed with, with, with his words and his confidence. And then Grambling, my alma mater. I mean, we, we all know... Grambling tore down that offense. They're rebuilding. But Coach Bob says we'll we'll be back. And I I think Grambling, you know, they obviously they opened up in Ohio against Tennessee State. That's going to be a fun game to 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 take in. So I, I was impressed with Coach Bob's as well as Coach Sims and Bethune Cookman. All the coaches were really great. There wasn't no, to me. I didn't get a sense of a lot of trash talking. Coach Maynard, you just got to be happy for him in terms of what he's been able to do. Everybody's chasing them. Everybody's coming after them, including Alcorn. Yeah, but, you know, if we're going to see A&M, it's going to be in the championship game. It won't be in the regular season. So I'm, I'm just kind of looking forward to, you know, seeing how this thing is going to evolve. Well, no doubt. You can't wait. The excitement is there. Um, I, I thought personally, uh, Coach, Coach Rollins, he, he basically seemed reserved. But, you know, privately he told me he's just ready to, to – get to fall camp and get the season started. Uh, action, he said, basically speak uh, louder than words. So uh, guys, it, it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I can't wait. 
fall camps starting very shortly. And then before you know it, the season will be here. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me here on the Carlos Brown Show. Um, any last closing comments? Uh, I think that uh, we're in for a very unique season. Uh, I think we're going to have some surprises and a lot of casualties. And what I mean by that, uh, they may have some coaches that may not make it to November. Uh, But overall, uh, this is a new day for the SWAC, a new day for HBCU football. And I can't wait uh, for the end of August to get here so we can uh, blow the whistle and and get things going. But also, Carlos, I I don't know if your heat will ever come back and be a championship team. And there you go. Charles, I'm still looking for my turkey leg. There you go. James, you just won't cut me any slack with the Miami Heat. The Heat will return. I'm personally going out in the South Beach and uh, having a one-on-one. But I'll be masked up with uh, Pat Rock. Now I'm trying to get him just to retire and let some young blood take over. Charles? I'm trying to get him just to retire and let some young blood take over. Charles? Yeah, I will I will say this on a serious note. The commissioner talked about it. Please, for any players that are listening, get vaccinated. The commissioner said it. There's not going to be rescheduling these games. There's going to be forfeiture of games if teams aren't ready to go. And so you could cost your team a championship. We had, what, 12 games canceled in the spring. I don't want to see that in the fall. Uh and let's just do what we need to do, players especially, get get vaccinated so you can help your team compete. And that that's what's going to be in, important to me. And, and I'm looking forward, if we all do that, it's going to be a terrific season, one of the best that we've seen in, in recent memory. I've been a part of this league since 86. I think this, is, this could be the best year ever as far as I'm concerned. Well, definite excitement and very uh, true words there get vaccinated because some teams uh, are at where they need to be. Some teams programs need to get where they should be on that note, guys have a great weekend. The rest of your weekend, appreciate the time and we'll talk again real soon. That was James Verrett of the network and Charles Edmund of the Alcorn state radio network. I'm going to take a time out when I come back. I'll visit with Brandon B.J. Jones of HBCU Game Day. And then following Brandon B.J. Jones, I'll close the show out with the sports professor, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. You're watching the Coles Brown Show live on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? 
Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Brian Fulford, A.D. Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, watched exclusively and heard live on the Black College Sports Network. Now I'm going to visit with uh, my next guest. He is Brandon B.J. Jones of HBCU Game Day. Good morning to you, B.J., and you are looking – I love your attire that you have on, brother. Looking oh, good. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's getting close, man. So, yeah, man, get close to this time, man. You got to represent every week. Yeah, well, congratulations. You uh, just jumped the broom. Yep. And wedding, honeymoon, and all that, and you were able to get into Birmingham. It was great seeing you, sir. Oh, man, it was, it was great seeing you and everyone else, man. I feel like it's been forever, uh, you know, since we've all been around and seen each other. So uh, g- glad to get back. And getting back at a exciting time. Swag Football Media Day, the 2021 uh, version of it. Um, well, well, just want to get your initial thoughts on what what you liked and the excitement that you saw in, in that event. Oh man, just the amount of media that were that was there. Uh, it, it was definitely a buzz in the room. Uh, it, it was um, excitement, uh, and that's what I like to see. Uh, a lot of conversation about you know the the predicted order of finish and who may surprise who and who may do what uh just all the things that you get uh once you get to media day which i think is like the unofficial start of the season i think the next thing that we look for uh forward to now is those those first days of practice uh but man a lot of things uh really jumped out and uh for me primarily is where Arkansas Pine Buff was pre- predicted in the Western Division. That's kind of been a topic of conversation on this show, social <laughs> media, and the the level of disrespect. Um, we were able to do a, a segment on the Black College Sports Network in Birmingham, and you know they put up our our, our predictions, and, and that's our predictions contrast compared to contrast to uh, the official. A prediction. So uh, we'll jump into that right now. Um, your thoughts on the official predictions from the Southwest Athletic Conference, but then we'll get into what you exactly had as your predictions in the East and the West. Um, well, what I saw in the, in the in the Eastern Division, as far as what we saw, as far as uh, what was released on Tuesday, 
a lot of respect for Alabama and them, uh, not only of what they did in the spring, but uh, the pieces that they've added uh, since then to really help them on the defensive side of the football. I know a lot of names are going to be thrown out as far as players that they've added, but to me, the biggest addition that they made on the defensive side of football was Coach Kenneth Bullware, uh, formerly of uh, Winston-Salem State, uh, one of the best defensive signal, call, signal callers you're, you'll find in the country. He's back reunited with Connell Maynard. The last time that they were uh, together, they, they did nothing but lead uh, Winston-Salem State uh, to the Division II National Championship game. Uh, and I thought that was big, bringing him along uh, and have him on that staff to help up uh, shore up that Alabama and defense. And um, also, man, looking at FAMU, a lot of people like FAMU and, and, and what they could potentially bring to the table. I think the ceiling for them is going to be uh, the quarterback position. Um, if they can get that quarterback position uh, figured out, FAMU has everything else uh, on that roster uh, to not only win the division, but to win their conference as well. On the Western side of the Western division, um, of course, Alcorn was picked uh, by the Southwest Athletic Conference, but Brandon B.J. Jones also had uh, Alcorn State. Is it because what they bring back to the table, their championship medal, they officially still are the champs until this past spring with Alabama and them. They seem to be very confident talking to uh, Felix Harper and uh, his compadre. They're, they're confident, and they feel that everyone has really forgotten about them, so they have a point to prove. Yeah. My thing with Alcorn, man, you just look at that talent that they have on that roster that's coming back. Felix Harper, LaCharles Pringle, Nico Duffy, uh, yeah, Kingler at safety. Uh, I mean, it, you know, Taylor. I mean, it's it, – it, that, that list is deep. Um, and you have to like what Alcorn uh, has done over the last five to six years. Uh, they've been the thorn in, in our side of Southern University, uh, but they've been the thorn in the sides of, of everyone else as well. Uh, we kind of hone in on that SU thing, but ain't a lot of people have beaten Alcorn. Uh, so I, I think that you have to respect, you know, where that program is and all the talent that they bring back. And they've added pieces as well. They've added some, some key pieces. So, you know, I, I wasn't shocked to see them number one. Uh, wasn't shocked to see Southern two or I, I felt like Southern would be two or three uh, coming into it. Like I said, the biggest uh, woes to me was where uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff was and, and also Prairie View. Yeah, Prairie View is kind of listed as as my sleeper. And but if you you know just the conversations I've had over the last couple of weeks, pretty much BJ. Most people I talk to believe it, it will come down to Southern and Alcorn. And can Southern get over the Alcorn State hump? I don't need to go into detail about that. It is what it is, BJ. They've had a tough time. Um, both teams kind of mirror each other. Uh, Southern's Coach Rollins and his new staff. Oh, I, I really like the staff that he's assembled. So, I, I, I think it will come down to those two. And if um, if it doesn't, I'll be the first to say, BJ, uh, I was wrong. But the disrespect, yeah, with University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, everyone is discussing that and talking about that. But, you know, it's all on paper. Lots of talk about it. But we know the game is what? 
play on the field, BJ. So I I think it's going to be a point where you're going to have to come out and bring your A game every week, every week. And I know you would agree with that. Um, Let's move quickly. Thoughts on the conference uh, statement policy on COVID-19 vaccination protocol. I thought that was a big, big uh, statement and policy by uh, Dr. Charles McClellan and the uh, staff at the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Yeah, I mean, and you're seeing not only other conferences, but you're seeing other leagues going into the same direction. And the bottom line is, if you want to play, uh, you need to be vaccinated. there's no answer, ifs, and buts about it. Uh, and if you don't get vaccinated, you're, you're taking a serious roll of the dice, uh, not only on your future uh, throughout the year, but your teams as well. This is with Brandon B.J. Jones of HBCU Game Day. And B.J., I, I'm going to, because uh, the time is moving fast, in, in a moment, the sports professor will join us, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, and we'll add him to the conversation and uh, get his perspective on everything as well. Now, I've kind of been asking uh, individuals about who could be the breakout player for 2021. BJ, who do you see as a a potential breakout player at the end of the day? We'll say, wow, what a season he has had. I think potentially it could be Jawan Pass at Prairie View A&M transferred from Louisville that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot. Uh, that Prairie View added him up into media day when I went in and looked at the uh, roster. But you look at uh, uh, pass and what he was able to do at Louisville, uh, you know, he he has some dynamic plays. He reminds you a lot of Ladarius Skelton, his ability to uh, run with the football, uh, his ability to move. If there is a question about him, it's his ability uh, to beat you with the pass consistently. So that's one of my guys there. Another one is going to be a Zenday Ray from Florida A&M. A guy that can play running back, plays receiver, uh, returns kicks and punts. He can pretty much do it all. Uh, that's another guy that I think that can have um, a, a, a big breakout. Um, and then another one's going to be down at Southern. Uh, you got uh, a Whitfield is going to be playing receiver at Southern. Uh, and he can do a lot of things in space. Uh, he can play receiver. He can return kicks and punts as well. So if there were three guys to, to really look at, it would be, be really those three. Now I'm joined by Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Dr. Cavill is inside HBCU Sports Lab. Dr. Cavill, good morning to you. Dr. Cavill's masked up. <laughs> good morning, I mean, sir. Just all this Southern love, and y'all talking about COVID-19, getting your vaccination. I thought I would come in with the protocol, have a mask on, show you the love. Look closely there. Look closely oh, yeah. No, 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 I can't have that. I can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Prairie View? Yeah, that was Prairie View. Last was Prairie View. I had Southern logo on there to give y'all some love. You know, B.J. Jones showing up, the football guru. He got his cap on. I said, let me give some homage to the great Southern fans out there. And they let me come in and be a part of the team. And then, you know, I got nervous and started itching on my face. So I got <laughs> Southern logo. And put it and I said, no, let me stop playing. I got my purple on. Let me do it. Bring it to you. Put that yeah. Prairie View back like put that prayer of you back in your life mask up and seriously let's get your vaccination and let's be safe so we can get this underway yeah that's true because um 
as you were coming in, uh, I was talking with BJ about the conference statement and policy on COVID-19 uh, vaccination protocol. So jump right in, Dr. Kavir. Um, we've said it's a it's a important statement policy and it's a good one. What say you? I have to agree with it. I think it's, um, especially with all the misinformation out there, some of it, let's be frank, just downright lies. Yeah. Um, obviously you do have to be mindful of the historical nature of what's take place. Uh, but just to take it back from this, uh, SWAC, SIEC Commissioner Moore went on CNN and had a really good interview in regards to what he challenged the Tuskegee statement and said that was malpractice, malfeasance, you know, corruption at its worst versus what we're talking about now is the science. And we need to make sure that we educate um, more than anybody you know, our community in terms of African-American uh, blacks, if you would, in regards to importance, because in a lot of ways, we're the most vulnerable. You know, we know about the health disparities that exist. We know about right. the financial disparities that exist. We know about the educational disparities that exist, the racial components of all this. And so we're going to be, in a lot of ways, the most affected uh, in terms of us not being in a position to take advantage of the vaccination many things that are outside of the political framework that even concerns us. So that's why I'm making a statement all season long on our shows. And that's why I teased that out there that when we bring BJ Jones on our Sunday edition, if you would, and during the week when we get you on uh, to introduce before you come on your shows on some of our Thursday editions, you know, one of the things I'm going to ask y'all to pick, you know, a, a major game. And I have the mask for every member of the SWAC, the 12 members of SWAC, and I will tease it out. And whoever y'all select in terms of who you think going to come out of the winning, that's what mask I'm going to put on and represent. So it's a little thing that we'll try to do in terms of entertainment, but we'll also try to make a statement in regards to the health of individuals associated with our community. In that case, that's SWAC, each of our individual institutions and HBCU sport uh, communities at large. Hey guys, that's, that's a great thing because you're tying in as far as brand and marketing wise at a outstanding time, you know, having family and Bethune Cookman, their impact into the conference. Now it's one teams, uh, one conference. They're, they're doing well. With that being said, um, I, I think I asked BJ about his impressions overall uh, about uh, the Southwest Athletic Conference about media day quickly for you, Dr. Cavill. What stood out to, to you? Is there something unique that maybe you were able to capture that we missed? Yeah, the biggest thing that stood out to me was just the energy that was in the room. And I know a lot of people have said that, but it was obviously a passion and energy. And I'm sure part of that was just the fact that we haven't been together for going on two years. Um, and then you add the new editions of Bethune-Cookman and FAMU. Uh, the rivalries that exist between uh, some of the great brands out there, between FAMU and Southern, FAMU, Jackson State, FAMU and Grambling. Um, and then, obviously, you add Coach Prime, Coach Sanders uh, to the mix, and you stir all that up with great coaches uh, in terms of Alabama a and in, in terms of what they energy they bring to the table, and you, it was palpable. You add in <laughs> Jay Walker. Uh, in regards to coming over from the ESPN, what he brings to the table with that little flavor from a media perspective. And it's like you would say in the, your parts of the country, 
Um, it's like a big gumbo. And you know when you get a good gumbo put together, and I know y'all have tasted some of the best. It's nothing like it in the world. And I think that's what happened. It was seasoned just right uh, in such a way that you got a really nice gumbo with some of the best root that you could ever get. And I can't get enough of it. I keep wanting to go back uh, to the kitchen uh, with uh, the mom and grandmother slapping my hand, talking about, wait, boy, I was like, let, you, let your daddy get some. <laughs> I love that analogy. Uh, Dr. Kavir, BJ, I see you smiling because, hey, uh, you're not a native of Louisiana, but you you learn quickly. Yes. Louisiana Southern University about the humidity, one, and two, the culture, and then three, the food. You learn that pretty quickly, man. I, I learned <laughs> what the blue store <laughs> was and, and, oh. <laughs> and the Crossfield Center Cafe and everything else was. Man, I learned that quickly, man. I, and I talk about within a week. It didn't take long at all. It's it's a unique culture, but every state, every geographical blueprint within the conference has something unique about it. But with that being said, I'm gonna switch back now to division winners, losses, and this was a conversation we had on the show and then at Swag Football Media Day. Number of conference losses will the division champions have? Will it be, will parity really rear its head? But but BJ, then we'll go to Dr. Cavill. How many losses you see the, the championship participants having? I think it's going to be between one and two. I think no one goes uh, undefeated. Um, it's going to be difficult. Um, I think that you look at in the conference, on both sides, man, you, you have about four or five teams that could beat anybody, uh, and that's in the East and in the West. Uh, we talk about Alabama State, and we saw what they were able to do. I mean, they've beaten Alcorn in the past. Uh, I mean, they've beaten Grambling. Uh, and also over in the in the uh, Western Division, Prairie View, you never know what they pull off. Arkansas Pine Bluff Southern. So it's 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 going to be difficult, but I, I think that the, the the teams that pull it out will probably have a loss or two. Bill? Yeah, I agree with BJ uh, in regards to that. I don't think anybody that's going on either side is going to go undefeated uh, in their division in terms of the conference. But I'd say it's going to be a little deeper than that. I see two or three losses. Mm -hmm. I think our schedules when they first came out, and I've been repetitive of this, but I'll, I'll say it again. I remember texting you all, getting on some of these different uh, programs, and the schedules would come out. They were purposely dropping them one at a time, and they were teasing us because I was like, man, drop it all, have a show. And I, I like what they ultimately decided is they're going to let each school institution drop it when they get ready to drop it over the series of a couple of weeks. And we'd see a schedule, and it'd come out, and we'd be like, wow, look at this schedule. And you would find somewhere in that schedule where there were, was a three, four, five game uh, framework where you've been like, that is crazy, murderous row. Um, and I believe because you did that, we see it, the next one would drop. We'd say the same thing. The next one would drop. After a while, we understood that, oh, there's no such thing as an easy schedule. So that's where I'm coming from. I think that you have some of these uh, teams that are coming in for a championship are going to have two or three losses. Um, you, you talk about some of these road games. I'm looking at Alcorn State Braves schedule, and I think because of what they bring back and what they did in 2019, rightfully so, I can see why you would put them first. But when you start really looking at the schedule, J 
check this out. They're at Pine Bluff. Um, obviously, in-state rivals, they're at Mississippi Valley State. Um, at Texas Southern, long road trip. At Southern, at Bethune-Cookman, and at Jackson State. That is a tough road schedule, um, regardless of how much talent you have. Should they be in all those games? But you're going to tell me they're going to find a way to be really clean in that schedule? Uh, yeah, they're going to have targets on everybody else's back, but people still know the talent in the home court. When they play them, the Braves, teams are going to come in focused and ready to play. And you have them at home, the crowd is going to be big and deep. That's a tough schedule. BJ, he's, uh, Dr. Cavill's right. I mean, I, well, they have like eight road games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and some games in 2022, they got to return back to to their opponent's home home field. So with that being said, we also can say uh, most of the teams in the conference, all of them, they, they have that stretch of games, either beginning, middle, definitely at the end of the, of the season. So uh, you, you believe that that will play a big impact on, uh, on those, those conference losses? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it is hard to keep getting up that many weeks in a row. Um, you get caught sleeping at the wheel during one of those. Um, and, and especially when you have a stretch and then you have a team that you overlook before that, that can really get, that can really get to you. But look at across the conference, everybody has like four or five game stretch um, that you're, you're like, wow. I mean, if you look at Southern stretch, Southern has a stretch where you're going to have Prairie View, Alcorn, Florida A&M, Jackson State, and Grambling. Like that, that's unheard of. And under normal circumstances, you go, man, if we go four and two in this stretch, we'll be all right. Uh, but everybody has that. Uh, so, like I said, it's going to be difficult to navigate this conference. And, 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 and it's the reason that I feel like whoever wins SWAT wins Celebration Bowl. Uh, because it's going to be iron sharpens iron. And quite frankly, the teams over in the MEAC don't have stretches like this. Well, I agree. It has been an interesting conversation with you guys, and um, we look forward to having you back regular. Uh, Dr. Cavill has a poll that uh, I, I even tried to find some disagreement in, and sometimes I can't. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to do my homework. And, of course, BJ, as a football analyst, you'll be joining the Coles Brown show as well. I want to say to both of you gentlemen, it's uh, been a pleasure having you on. It was great seeing you in, in Birmingham and um, look forward to having you back on on a weekly basis. And um, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get your rest now because it's going to be work, fun, but work coming very shortly. It's going to be a long uh, football season. But appreciate you guys for coming on. And um, we look forward to talking with you again real soon. Now, thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Congratulations on the new platform, too. Thank you, sir. I, I feel I feel like uh, I was in the transfer reporter. I was a three <laughs> and four star, and I was recruited. And now let the relationship continue to blossom. But I appreciate each and uh, every one of you, Dr. Cavill and Brandon B.J. Jones. Uh, quickly, as we get out of here, I want to thank a, a couple of people. Well, a few individuals. One being... Uh, Brian Fulfer, uh, producing today's show along with uh, Roy Evans II. Also, 
my best friend in the world and uh, partner, partner in crime and business and everything, uh, Michael Elam. I also want to thank A.D. Drew for his legwork for helping getting the show on the Black College Sports Network. And then last but not least, um, the person who really gets after me, critiques me, and I'm sure she'll have some critiques after this show, but you got to have that. Adrian L. Wilson, much love to all those individuals that I talked about. Make sure you tune in next Saturday live on the Coles Brown Show Facebook page and Black College Sports Network Facebook page and also on Twitter at Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Also, uh, mybcsn.net. You can watch the show build that way. For everyone involved, appreciate you. Make sure you tune in next Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Coles Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, peace and God bless. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. We are back. For the first time in 62 years, the Florida Memorial Lions will hit the gridiron and their home games will be streamed by the Black College Sports Network at www.fmuathletics.com www.mybcsn.net and on the MyBCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store.